This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We're here to fight in the war room about comedies. Whoever can tell the bu- the best joke gets theirs at number one. All right, this is... So... Uh, knock, th- knock. This category, we start with every... <laughs> no one's home. <laughs> This year we start off. Good one. You get to pick this whole category. <laughs> and, and it's not because of your joke. It's because you watched a lot more comedies than I did yeah, this year. Yeah, I like watching comedies. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of good ones. But there's also like, uh, I, to me, this category has got standouts. And then uh, but it, it, everything that we watch gets listed. That's how we start. So mm-hmm. I think we both feel real good about Barry. Mm-hmm. So we put him up there. Um, actually, Fuel and Stupid Gesture was a, a movie. Um, yeah, we should go. Have, we, should, we, should, we should do this one by one. So Barry, we're going to talk a lot right. about Barry. Mm-hmm. A Fuel and Stupid Gesture. This is the story of National Lampoon, right? The magazine and, and the franchise that it became. Series know? or movie? Uh, it was a movie. It was uh, the the other Bill Hader, Will Forte. Is that his name? Will Forte. Yeah, yeah. the other the other Bill Hader. <laughs> Bill Hader, the guy <laughs> I associate for some reason with Bill Hader. It's a good way to put it because they are kind of like have yeah. a, um, a weird straight man absurd style though, for sure. Uh, and I think it was good, but it's not going to top the list here. Right. Okay. It's, it's going to continue to slip down. Uh, John Oliver still doing excellent week on last yeah. la- excellent yeah. week Ac- excellent work on last week tonight it is um, you know it's not perfect but this long form um, kind of like the daily show like a long form uh, analysis of a single issue per week is is is, is good it's it's uh, surprisingly informative it's entertaining it's funny mm-hmm. uh, I like the real world shenanigans he gets up to um and yep. last season's no exception uh santa clarita diet i i tapped out halfway through season one i i did too show. and then i picked it back up uh i thought season two was a little better than season one okay but like it doesn't it doesn't beat the major things on here it doesn't beat glow or always sunny or right. archer S- silicon valley i i in season four thought silicon valley was kind of entering in the deer mm-hmm. uh and i felt like this season was a bit of a return to form uh, You're gonna have to refresh my memory on Silicon Valley season five. Uh, I, this is the this is the season after uh, Tobolowski. Is that right? Or is this the season where he's this is the season? Yeah, it's the season after Tobolowski. It's the season okay. where uh, Huli is like kind of on the ropes and trying to come back at the uh, 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 Pied and Piper. Gavin gets like fired or he's but, already but 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 pied piper's having trouble getting like the second that like the this the it's, it's get they're having trouble finding clients and getting more rounds of funding so it's mm-hmm. all about there's like a and uh they they found a, a artificially intelligent super intelligent robot on there there was uh-huh. uh the cryptocurrency that Gilfoy created there was yeah, the that almost bankrupt there him. was the tesla shenanigans mm-hmm. with uh um uh, kumal's character uh, yeah there was Dinesh. Jared's Heart of Darkness shit, where he had tried, you know, had to be the COO, so we found an assistant for Richard. Uh-huh. There's a lot of there's a lot of good good stuff here, um, uh-huh. but 
it's not i don't think it's as good as like its initial seasons um so I, I don't know this makes a top 10 the top five anyway uh bojack horseman is absolutely one of the funniest and most insightful comedies there was a half hour single shot scene where it's entirely a bojack giving a eulogy at his mother's funeral that was one of the funniest but most de- like like having you know growing up with this narcissist mother myself like seeing like this this bitter son at this funeral giving like a a one man stand up with his dead mother's coffin as like the straight man and then wow. the denouement the 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 twist at the end instantly made this like it was like this brutal kind of like rip yourself apart type of uh performance and then at the end it becomes this just like in 30 seconds it turns into absurd farce it's like i this it's one of the best things on like it hurts me that more people don't watch it because it's just it and it and it takes it 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 does a really good job it's i think it's one of the smartest because a lot of places a lot of comedies especially it took shots um I, I took a shot at doing like something insightful about the me too movement and I think Bojack was one of the few that actually said something. Um, you, you did actually move the conversation forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I fucking love Bojack. If you like if, like if if you like Always Sunny and that kind of that kind of humor, this is just like a maybe even better version of that because it's cartoon characters. They truly are, you know, just emotional stunt stunt people. Uh-huh. So yeah, I like it. Um, okay. Saturday Night Live. I think Saturday Night Live is kind of in. I'm I'm worried because a lot of the big names are retiring after this next year. Like you're, I, I well, I don't know about mm-hmm. retiring. Their c- contracts are the Kate McKinnons. Yeah. A lot of the the crop of new people that came in the last five years are all kind of scheduled to um, at least expire the contract this year. And I don't know what they're going to do. But last year, I thought it was a really good year for um, Saturday Night Live. You, you watched a lot of it too, didn't you? Mm. Oh, really? Uh, no, I thought, my girlfriend watches basically uh, all of it. Uh, Adam Driver, I thought was a great episode. The Dave Chappelle episode was great. Um, they, uh, th- yeah, there's um, there's a lot of good, a lot of really good episodes. It's always sunny in Philly. I'm I'm nine episodes into the ten episode season. In my so. opinion, one of the all time great seasons. Um, I I've had a lot of fun with this season. And they had did a lot of uniquely Philly things. Like I loved the mini uh, the the mini series mm-hmm. they had about winning the Super Bowl, which mm-hmm. I thought was was well handled and something they had to kind of do. I thought they really um, uh, who's Dennis? I always forget this fucker's name. Uh, Glenn Howerton. Glenn Howerton. I thought they skillfully navigated his largely absent role. Like he felt like he was in it a lot, even though you could tell he was probably there for like one or two full episodes of shooting and just stuff that they piece together and others yeah he was a real doll and like two <laughs> that was pretty the, good the character yeah. of glenn was was played by a real doll and it was super fucking effective uh yeah i like uh, it's great see and you haven't even got oh, to the, when the, to the, when the waitress the standout. sleeps with with charlie charlie introduces the, the real doll to the waitress yeah she sleeps with it <laughs> and leaves him. It's, yeah uh so here's one that i haven't seen any of and you have glow like, oh yeah, no, I I there's there's something so this is like a half comedy, half drama sort of thing, kind of like Barry. Um it's it's not as edgy as something like Barry where yeah. you know there's a hitman and he's doing all these horrible things <laughs> right. and somehow they play that for comedy. This is more just a straightforward 
uh, lighthearted kind of comedy. And mm. man, I just don't see a lot of those nowadays. Mm. So when are you saying this is Parks and Rec for women wrestlers? I, yeah, or, or like, yeah. Or, there's a feel good element to it that's like, you know, they they don't. Although Mark Marin also adds a little spice to it, yeah. which I think is good because. I don't know if I want to show that it's all like unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt kind of thing. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I feel like it's, I feel like I've lost the ability to enjoy a regular comedy like uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, a Parks mm. and Rec, a The Office, a Kimmy Gibbler, the fantastic Kimmy Schmidt. That Those <laughs> okay. levels of comedy is like I I I it's like uh, it, it's hard to go back to Playboy when you've gotten into mm. Hustler. You know, yeah. it's like it's hard to go back to that when you're into Barry and and bojack and mm-hmm. uh atlanta um when you when you see like the really wild crazy inventive mixing of drama and comedy and and mm-hmm. important issues it's like it's it's hard to go back to the stuff that's just like laugh track you know i find it pretty easy when my day-to-day is mixed with comedy and drama mm-hmm. <laughs> to lean into a show like glow where you know it's it's a little lighter. It can kind of take me out of the things that uh, I'd maybe rather not think about for an hour. And I'm cool with that. Uh, I glow is pretty high on my list. It's probably higher than like Silicon Valley. Uh, but I only have like, I think I've seen six of these shows and American Vandal. I've only seen two episodes of. Okay. Um, so glow is pretty high for me. I could understand if it wasn't very high for you. And I think this is more. Um, I can't even category. comment on it because it's right. like I haven't seen it, um, and I'm not like with two seasons in. I'm probably going to jump into it. No. Uh, Disenchantment. Do you know about this? This uh, was this, yeah. So this is the uh, is it's a Futurama boring. Yeah, yeah, like it's uh, Futurama, The Simpsons, the Simpsons and yeah. it's it's DNA is unmistakable, and it's I, more of a fantasy thing, right? It is. Yeah. Uh, it's it's Futurama only the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And as a big fan of Simpsons, as a big fan of Futurama, I couldn't get past the th- first three episodes. Like oh, I thought wow. this was. Felt old and stale and kind of lifeless. And there there were a couple jokes that did land. Um, you know, they're not they haven't forgot to how to tell us a, a smart visual gag, but and and I don't know, again, it could be that like if, if I if Futurama came out today, I wouldn't like it as much. But yeah, yeah, it just it just didn't do it for me. I was I was disappointed. Uh Archer Danger Island is like so if you're if you've lost track of Archer uh, the guy who wrote Archer got bored with doing Archer, and he's essentially finding a way to pivot it into the, like, you know, one one year they got a, 10 tons of cocaine and tried to move it on the international market, and then one year they did this, and then the last three seasons have taken place within Archer's damaged brain after he's been shot, and he has these, fan- these crazy fantasy sequences, and this was essentially, um, like, the old Disney show Tailspin... It's okay. that. It's the. It's the like. Uh, it's it's the Archer crew Fuck. as different. Like the 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 crazy German doctor is a parrot. Pam is this like six foot eight strapping uh, dude that's that's Archer's sidekick and wow. Uh, <laughs> this has gone places. Yeah, no, and it's super. It's it's just as funny. It's just like it's kind of entertaining how they can just keep hammering this into wilder and wilder shapes, but. The kind of like fast paced office super cutting and acerbic mm-hmm. humor still, still very Archer. Up. It's yeah, but it's yeah, crazy. 
yeah it's uh it's 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 pretty funny but it's also you know kind of in its end of its creative runway mm-hmm. literally in this in this uh season american vandal 2 yeah season two of this uh i've only seen two episodes but not because i thought it was bad uh-huh. just because i i don't know I, I stopped watching it i had other things to do at the time uh this is a weird one because it is basically like you know the return of the jedi to the to star wars new hope yeah uh it's the same thing essentially but i was kind of surprised that they could still make that funny yeah because they they also with the religious school they mixed in a little bit of um some of the uh what what there was a whole bunch of uh like spotlights and the searcher uh, is, is there, mm-hmm. some of these kind of religious themes where they had like a you know some menacing nuns and priests and mm-hmm. uh I thought they 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 added a couple other elements to the season because I've actually watched everything but the finale episode. Mm, okay. um, and uh, the other thing is the physical comedy. Uh, when you actually see the this is the 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 the, the, the vandal this his first thing is he spiked uh, the lemonade in the school with something that had everyone have uncontrollable diarrhea. Yeah. And the scene of the school being gripped. And this and and the, this is vivid. It's like people shit. Like there's this one shot that every time they show it, it's this kid shitting in a urinal. Mm-hmm. It's just really funnily staged. <laughs> people in bed and and you know crapping their drawers and shitting in uh, uh, like sh- like several people sharing a single big industrial trash can. It's it's crazy. It's pretty funny. That's good. They mine. They mine everything that that show does for all of its comedy. Yeah. And it still works, even though it's more yeah. of the same. And it's also like the, the central kind of figure is, uh, like last year he was kind of like this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, big, dumb kind of jock guy. This, it's like this very smart, weird, precocious, like nerdy, dorky teenager mm-hmm. uh, guy. And he's he's like the fucking best, man. Me and Cecily are endlessly quoting this guy. I it, It's, it's, it's. It's fun. I don't know how many more seasons they got in it, but they, yeah. it, 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 it's the the very absurdly high production value, uh, and it's so funny because they they lampshade that. Like they mentioned, like last season, like they made it seem like they'd shot a documentary. Netflix bought them, and then that's how they, and they showed like before and after, like the animatics they had when it was just a student film uh-huh. versus, the, and it's just it's just like all in universe really fucking works and is funny. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and then Atlanta season two, this is a fucking phenomenal comedy. It's, it's hilarious. It's insightful. It doesn't even have a star. It's got like a loose collection of like Donald Glover is definitely the guy behind it and doing the most, but it's like a uh, paper boy. Uh, there is a super funny character. His, uh, right hand man is really funny. Zazzy beats as, uh, Donald Glover's on again, off again girlfriend is like she has entire standalone episodes that don't miss a beat. Um, it's it's great. Like if you're not watching Atlanta and you like comedies at all, you should fucking watch Atlanta. It's really good. Mm-hmm. So that's the list of the comedies that we have on the table. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the user user category looks like. Um, I'm gonna put Atlanta. I'm gonna take Atlanta and American uh, Vandal and shove them all the way to the top. And Archer apparently. Uh, nope. Nope. You <laughs> oh, did. Wait. Shit. Yeah. Fuck. What you did get, I do? You got one extra. Oh, okay. That's fine. Um, Always Sunny is going to go way to the top. Okay. Uh, I'm not putting these in any particular order. I'm just... If I cut and paste above one, it'll fuck up my fonts. 
<laughs> Bojack Horseman. I want to put at the top, towards the top. Uh, land. Okay. And then you want to put glow up there too, right? Yeah, I I think I would put glow. Yeah, that's that's where I would slot glow on my list. Do you have any desire to sort out of the top five? Because I kind of think we should derive a top five. I mean, I like I said, I'm gonna have very little input on this because oh, I think shit. I haven't watched the best comedies this year. Uh-huh. I think Barry was one of the best. Yeah, um, I agree with that. And I did watch that. Uh, always Sunny to me is always one of the best, but it's just—it's going to be very it's... hard. It's going to be very hard for me. Why the hell does this keep? And, and I will say, I doubt Glow is going to remain in the top five. Um. Oh. Okay. Well, because like I said, that's one I don't. I don't know. Um, right. Uh, American. So. I just don't know how to sort these top. Like I've, right now, I got Barry's number one, two Atlanta, three Always Sunny, four Bojack. <sighs> I think if it was me, and it sounds like it largely is going to be me, mm-hmm. I would go Atlanta, barely edging out Barry's first season. Then uh, it's Always Sunny, and well, actually Bojack, I think is better than Always Sunny. Yeah, I, I think. I, but these are like they're all doing very different things. Oh yeah. And they're all very, very funny. Um, but I, yeah. And like Atlanta and Barry, like, boy, that's, that's, that's really, that's really tough. Um, and then there's like a little bit of fall off to Bojack and then a little bit of fall off to Always Sunny. And then, uh, of course, I don't know. Like Glow's a, a big question mark for me. I would put American <laughs> Vandal over it just because I haven't seen Glow. Yeah, I, I've seen enough of American Vandal to think that I probably wouldn't enjoy watching it as much. Uh-huh. Is it a funnier comedy, I guess, is the question, though. And probably say yes, just because Glow isn't all about comedy, whereas American Vandal is going for comedy and nailing comedy. That's what I like about, that's what I like about Atlanta and Barry, is they're definitely, like, the dramedies, but they have an emphasis. Like, some of this, like, like always... Orange is the New Black, I don't think is a re- is really a comedy, especially in later seasons. Like it definitely has funny things in it, but then so does fucking Breaking Bad, and no one calls it a dramedy, right? Whereas right. Atlanta, like even in the really serious episodes, always will have at least one scene that like has you kind of like really invested in the characters, and they just hit you with something fucking hilarious. Or the in- in- the intrinsic premise of the episode is mm-hmm. is funny. Um, and Barry has a couple of characters who are just there for comedy. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Uh, which in my mind makes it enough of a comedy to fit in this category. So let's look at what, cause like Barry is interesting cause it's the one thing that we've both seen. Um, mm. I think Barry's amazing cause Barry can pull off fairly compelling, like Marvel, uh, Netflix, Marvel cinematic universe level of, of, of action and violence and also just be fucking hilarious Mm -hmm. and they derive a lot of humor from like the weird gangster types that they hang like just this yeah i mean noho and the noho my god noho (laughs) and his boss or or his his underling who's who's the big scary uh yeah uh uh, it's the guy who played the yep (laughs) remus what, what is is yes. Re- Remus in Boardwalk, and he also played the Yellow King in uh, uh, True Detective. Okay, I wasn't sure if that was him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, uh, he's great too. I mean, he's hilarious. But Noho, like, there's a scene where he sends like an emoji that had one of the biggest laughs because he's just a funny looking dude. And when you see that in Bitmoji form, yeah. with like, it, it, it's like. They, these guys text. These guys use text the same way you and I do, but they're texting about murdering someone. It's like uh-huh. like using an awkward emoji about like it's like it's sucks. I mean, it's he uses funny. it more like somebody ten years younger than me. Yeah, it, yeah but yeah, he's yeah, also yeah. talking about murder and yeah. and gangster shit. Like, yeah, yeah, it's so good. And then even Barry, like his oh, his awkward God. demeanor in places, his you know kind of inability to be a normal human being sometimes yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. Even in scenes where it's also tragic and scary, uh huh, and it's just a great blend of well, comedy. Th- but then and he drama. has this like the there's a, another standout is where like people are you know he's a ex soldier mm-hmm. but he's also a current hitman yeah and doing very morally ambiguous black things like he's mm-hmm. just murdering people for hire. There's this isn't like you know he's not saving the world here yeah. Uh, and he there he's also taking these acting lessons and there's this part where like his class who are a bunch of you know liberal artsy farty types are t- openly talking about how uncomfortable mm. they are at the concept of people death and if you kill someone there's no way you can come back for that and yeah. barry starts to get uncomfortable and there's a situation where and, and henry winkler who, who is the drama instructor kind of comes in and says like look look you know we it because he's just given his moving speech and he's like, look, we don't, we can't, we, 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 we couldn't pot. You're right, Barry. We couldn't possibly put ourselves in your situation. It was wrong for us to do that. So, and he, then he turns to class and goes, but we, I think we can all agree uh-huh. that outside the the realm of war murders the war. And it's just completely undercuts everything that just yeah. happened. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> right. It's so fucking funny. And how they definitely kind of handle that, that tension mm-hmm. is, is it, yeah. I, I, I love his, um, his his daydreams like where he's he's having this daydream of like where him and this his girl are together and they're married and they're like they're like hollywood celebrities and uh john Mm -hmm. ham comes up at a barbecue and he's like hey man uh can i hit your shitter and that's like what what, it's like it's just really funny shit like that that Mm -hmm. i've never seen before um like the the way they visualize the kind of like this fantasy life this guy has is is great Mm -hmm. um so yeah i don't know uh that's the other thing. It's like uh, always sunny. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So there were some really good episodes and, and episodes that I'm not like primed to like all that much. Like mm-hmm. I just finished watching episode nine, uh, which is kind of the conclusion of the two part Super Bowl thing that they did. And I found that one hilarious, like mostly on Danny DeVito's back, uh-huh. just like his kidney stone stuff, like his just reactions and acting there. So good. Uh-huh. So freaking good. His he's a band it waits to see it because it's like peak DeVito in the finale. Oh fuck, I can't wait. It's I'm so, gonna watch it tonight. It's so funny. <laughs> um yeah. I yeah, I think like I feel like in round season ten that always Sunny got in a little bit of a creative slump and then they had some kind of comedic uh colonic and it cleared out all their bullshit and they have just been killing it these last few seasons. Yeah. Man, it's really funny. Uh, okay. Uh, there was the there was the Lady Boggs, yeah, uh, journey, which I thought was awesome. Okay, cause did they even like? E- I love how they even talk about like, is this like one of those weird like lady reboots? It doesn't need like they have that meta discussion, uh-huh. like a Ghostbusters kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And, and then every time they bring in this poor fucking waiter, uh, the, like right. he's in the Super Bowl one. Frank ties yeah. the shoelaces together again. Uh-huh. I I love it. <laughs> I love it. 
uh crickety ricket still dude i was super bummed when they kicked him out of the super bowl party right he, and then when he showed back up i was like yeah but he doesn't do anything like yeah he doesn't get to shine in that it's episode not as many not as many shenanigans I, th- yeah. this wasn't the, the the they left out the poils although i think that's a smart move because uh-huh. i feel like they're in danger of being ran into the ground yep um or the mick poils i should say mm-hmm. um yeah great and i don't like why did you oh, hear anything d- about dennis's fucking uh sexual harassment seminar episode yes. was great as well yeah uh, i thought it was just going to turn into a train wreck where these horrible people ruined this otherwise great seminar and then it, it went so much further which is what i love about always sunny like yeah. when you think these people are going to be bad in one way they're they're as bad as you could possibly imagine in all the other ways yeah like they they have this thing where it's kind of like the premise and then like the subversion of the premise and then like that second stage explodes at some point yeah and they're they're the the, yeah one of the best in the business of doing that Mm -hmm. uh so do we have a top five that we're happy with atlanta barry bojack always sunny and glow you want glow in that mix i'm giving i'm giving you glow okay because i I can't say an american vandal is essentially did you like the half gallon of vanilla ice cream you got in season one well, here's a half gallon of chocolate. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's it's shit instead of dicks this year. Yep. So I can, I, whereas Glow presumably builds on a continuity and the characters keep getting better and better mm-hmm. and the humor is more specific. So like I, I'm putting it in the simulator and saying like, okay, yeah, maybe it's better than American Vandal. Because I don't think American Vandal, like it's significant drop off between the top four and American Vandal. There's nothing below this that you'd put up there i mean like i said i don't uh, the 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 order beyond the top six are is not in any kind of like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna think about like you know uh i mean silicon valley's too low and siren lives too low and not everything else about right but yeah do you want to put do you want to put do you do you want to put glow above american vandal having seen two episodes of american vandal and knowing it's exactly like that yeah i enjoy my time with glow Okay. More than season two of American Vandal. Then let's uh, let's okay. make that our top five. And so what is the top five? It's, I will reserve the right for the award show to flip the top four around, but right now it's number one, Atlanta, number two, Barry, number three, Bojack, number four, Always Sunny, and number five, Glow. And I am super excited about new seasons for all of this, except for Glow, because I don't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. Uh, that's Deliberation it for done. Biggest miss... Um, what this show... is going to be a weird category, man. Yeah, some of these are movies that I saw uh, on Netflix that I'm guessing you haven't seen, like Cargo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I haven't seen Ballad of Buster Scruggs or Serial Season Three or The Walking Dead Season Nine A. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's just talk about them in general. I okay. what is what is Cargo? Cargo is a movie with the guy that I always, Martin Freeman. Um, oh, right. And it's about a zombie apocalypse that happens. That old chestnut. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty well-worn territory. But the twist here is that it's set in the Australian outback. Mm. Um, it has a lot of mix with, like, the the ab- aboriginal themes and stuff. Uh, it was pretty interesting. 
Would the to the average Australian would zombies be more or less lethal than the baseline wildlife <laughs> in the outback? About the same, I think. Yeah, I feel like yeah. if any place would be unfazed by zombie apocalypse, it would be Australia for sure. Yeah. So I I don't know. I, I didn't think this movie was anything super special. Um, it certainly didn't have the buzz around it that something like a Bird Box has. So I don't think this is going to be very high up in this category. But it's simply something I watched that. We didn't get a chance to talk about anywhere else. Do you think the Australian Rick Grimes? You know, Rick Grimes had the policy of like it's just like it's all just just light meat and dark meat now. Uh, you know, do you think the Australian Rick Grimes says uh, there's no rules? It's just life. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I don't I don't know why we remain, we remain very popular in Australia, uh, disproportionately so. But uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, it's out. They probably don't even know out, but this out, Outback Steakhouse, ironically, not available in Australia. I can't imagine they would have an Outback Steakhouse there. Um, but anyway, so cargo. All right, all right. That, I could see how that is in our wheelhouse. Um, Fahrenheit four fifty one. Now I haven't seen this oh, film. We struck this from another category because I totally forgot everything about this film immediately after watching. And here's it. my thing: like I feel like this movie. Uh, made no cultural impact at all. It's yep. like uh, it, it's like uh, what they were afraid of the the Apollo thirteen astronauts would happen. They just hit the atmosphere and skip off into outer space. <laughs> yep. Like this is like the tears of an Atlantean. Yeah. Uh, they're just carried away by the water. Carried no, away nothing by happened the... with four fifty one. It was carried away by the book burning fire. So I feel like that wasn't a very big miss. Like even like because yeah. the biggest miss is kind of like in retrospect. Right. What was huge that yeah. we either didn't know was going to be huge and so we didn't cover it, or we knew it was going to be huge and we just couldn't get to it. Right. Uh, so Maniac. Now you're making a bit of an argument because that was an interesting thing. It's, yeah. Um. It also like I think was kind of up in the air. I, I like stuff that's like a thesis. That, like, you kind of have to get to the final episode. It's, it's kind of the difference between a Euro game and American-style game. Like, no mm. one kind of knows who's winning until the very final round versus, like, Risk, where some dude's been sitting not playing for five hours. Uh, I like that, like, this could go either way. I could either like it or hate it by the final episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like this was a, an epitome of that. But, like a lot of Netflix stuff, it didn't seem like it really penetrated culturally. Yeah, I mean, certainly not as much as others on this. I, I feel it's sort of akin to something like Legion, where like they're experimenting with a lot of different techniques and and mm-hmm. weird storytelling devices, mm-hmm. and it was very experimental. It goes places, right? Uh, but it didn't get a ton of buzz either. It got a decent. It's getting some. It's getting some award buzz. So like it, it's at least something. Whereas Fahrenheit okay. 451, I don't think I've seen anything. Yeah, um, I mean Cargo and 451, I'd drop to the bottom. And here's the other thing: is like if this was like on Hulu and they released the first two and then everyone won a week, mm-hmm. there had been so much more buzz because there would have been a yeah. mystery that people could solve and like, oh, what do you think this is? What do you think? Tri- what do you think the C drug? What is it? Is it out? Al- was it A, B, and C or is it Alpha Beta? Uh, uh, I think it was A, B, and C. Okay, so uh, like you know, like meanings, but... But, but since it all just kind of gets shit out, and it took you like what six, not even six hours to watch, like mm-hmm. it was there, and it was is uh, the pop rocks of entertainment. Um, here's another one I think you can make a good argument for: A Star Is Born, um, getting some yeah. Oscar buzz. I've heard nothing but like this is su- not just surprisingly good, but just good, good movie. If our audience were primarily 
middle-aged women. Hey, now. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying you is are, I went to the you theater. You are pitching down a lot of my sensibilities here with this middle-aged woman crap. I went to the theater, and I would say I was one of five men in a fully packed, sold-out theater. So, I've, hey, I'm been, and there was I've been no one under under thirty there. I can guarantee that. Mm-hmm. I, I've been that guy a lot, and there's nothing wrong with being that guy. No, there's not. I thought A Star Was Born was an excellent movie. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Probably, and there was a ton of buzz around it, and still is with the awards. So, yeah, that one probably deserves to be up near the top. Maybe we should do like an Oscar catch up. Like you know, if there's a couple of Oscar movies. The, the the you know we could, movies, we could try yeah. to get that on bald movies, but man. Uh, Bird Box. I mean, this is a, this is huge. Now, this one does seem like it's got some cultural legs. Like, I, yeah. I'm still seeing Bird Box jokes. Like, you know, a good four, five, six weeks out from it debuting. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's been a while, and I saw it, and it was pretty good, pretty good. Uh, but the buzz around it was enormous. Yes. And if we had covered it, we would have you know captured some of that buzz. That's what this category is all about. That yeah. to me goes up to the top immediately. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and A Star is Born probably goes up right underneath it. Yeah, I'm going to take Maniac okay. up there, too, because it's definitely in a class above these other... Yeah. Um, I think the Cargo and Fahrenheit are more theoretical misses than actual misses. Because right. say, maybe Cargo is excellent, but nobody's talking about it either. Uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, I thought, was another miss, because I very thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a Coen Brothers full feature film on Netflix. Are you fucking right. kidding me? Yeah, yeah uh, f- that that is well within our wheelhouse. Like we even if we released that in the Fargo feed, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's something we probably should have covered. Ooh, that's not a bad idea. You could cross promote shit like that. Mm. Um, okay, Farron, uh Homecoming. I feel like this is definitely Big something one. you're going to want to argue. This is something I'm going to be enjoying this weekend. Uh, oh, nice. Move this up to. I'm going to move this up to the tippy top just for the fuck of it. Serial uh, season three. Okay. I don't think that you'll ever in a million years do this, but I do think a lot of the serial coverage podcasts that kind of grew up around season one that then kind of got killed in season two, uh, there is a there was a vacuum, and I thought season serial season three is interesting, and I think it would be interesting for us to talk about it both from the promotional and technical and kind of like the business side of podcasts, and I thought the you know examination of what goes wrong in the American criminal justice system mm-hmm. would have been super entertaining to talk about too. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if there is a market for a podcast coverage for a podcast. I think there is. I don't know if it's our market. Yeah. Because that. Because I mean, how many of those are we really going to do? Right. Right, because if we're, I mean, I trying to capture some kind of yeah. buzz for serial season three, but then we're not also developing plans to continue uh, to to kind of snowball whatever we capture. So what here's are a we soft doing? pitch. What do you think? Just to do a little empire business here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if we had a bald move podcast feed where we talk about things like Dan Carlin podcasts, serial podcasts, Malcolm Gladwell podcasts, like mm-hmm. like. Some of the ones that are like, like not just events, but also meaty topics for discussion that are like challenging and, you know, present maybe new ways to look at things and new information. I think that would be, I think that's, there's, we've definitely built an audience for that type of discussion. Um, but I don't know how popular it would be. Right. That's the thing. Like if I'm going to do, if I'm going to branch out into another 
Would it be medium, a club? Like it's going to be gaming. Like I'm, I'm way more into gaming than I am into podcasting. Like consuming podcasts anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Because I'm on that kind of gaming lull. Um, okay. Well, like I said, that's. I just wanted to see what your. Because I think but that's I, a way you could do that. I do think it would have been an interesting discussion. I think there there was a fair bit of buzz around season three of Serial, right? Just. I can't tell because I didn't enter. I I just listened to it on my own and just kind of like I didn't uh, do any second follow follow on conversations. But I did search for podcasts and a lot of the ones that I really liked for season one and two stopped doing it because I think they season two kind of killed that the serial podcast coverage industry because it was kind of a down year for them. And yeah. And I don't know how you recapture like season one of serial. It was so big and it was groundbreaking in the industry. Like, yeah. And that true crime stuff was just ready to explode. Right. Like it's, you think it's like the biggest genre of podcasts right now? Like it's the hottest. It's damn near comedy is still like real big. Just like our TV, just like comedians talking to people is somehow huge. Uh, Yeah, TV and film is up there. But. I would like, man, I really wish we could take a run at like the Joe Rogan format, mm-hmm. where we like interviewing bring in, interesting like, people that we want. Yeah, to and talk I think to. I think we're big enough that we could get that. I, I that'd be cool to make happen too. Yeah. Anyway, just some ideas we could have on the Ball Move TV <laughs> po- or the Ball Move Podcast podcast if we ever did it, which it sounds like we're not. Uh, the Walking Dead season nine A. I think this is maybe because here's the thing nothing we could have done in this fall would have gotten us that much traffic. And I think we would have legit had fun. We, there would have been so much memes about like, uh, who's the Angela is, is Angela King. Does she take over? Mm-hmm. Like has she saved the franchise? And I, it would have been, it would have been, it would have been fun to cover a fun, silly walking dead series that still had a little bit, like maybe people pitching their fastball because big changes coming down the pike. I, I don't know, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed my brief time with it, and I think it would have been a success. So by that measure, it's got to be in the top five. Yeah, this is a weird one for me because I I absolutely acknowledge the fact that it would have been the biggest draw uh, possible for that season of of our podcasts. So like... From that perspective, I'm like, okay, well, it's probably number one. However, I haven't seen it. People, you know, talk about it being better than season eight, which in my mind is like, okay, whatever. Right. Uh, and I, I don't know how to rank this one because from a podcasting perspective, it would have been way bigger, like you said, than well, any other thing we could have done. So. Also, some of our most fun podcasts were from like season two to season five of The Walking Dead, and mm-hmm. this is right pitched straight down that kind of sensibility, mm-hmm. where you could get some momentum where you could get into, and then they could let you down. Like, and I don't even know if they did. Like, I'm just assuming that like they couldn't sustain that run of quality. And also, in episode four, the well, <laughs> the wheels kind of fell off of uh, you know Romulan sub commander Jadis, uh, whatever her fucking name is. I. But again, I don't know where they're going with that. It's just like, oh, they're going to do something stupid. But instead of every single episode and every single storyline being that, it was like one per four episodes. Like, yeah, and you almost kind of want a Glenwell fiasco every four or five episodes just to get get the Walking Dead's full potential as a podcast tapped. Right, right. Uh, what is the odds or interest? Because we've never we haven't talked about this. I think in a real way. What is the odds or interest of us coming back for nine B? pretty low 
Yeah, you don't even want to do just like a we're like an Al and Joe. We're not even going to watch it. We're just we're gonna not gonna watch nine A. We're just gonna jump into nine B after watching the trailer. And I I would feel like the the the. I would feel like the Walking Dead executives win ah. if that if we did that. <laughs> like I I would feel like I, I feel like you're in a suicide pact with these guys. Look, they made a shit show. Yeah, for yeah, they did. Eight out of nine years, and- with season one being like the exception. To reward them by saying, "Okay, well, all of that is forgiven because." You've made a somewhat passable season nine, half of season nine. No, you're is to say, uh, like this is the the dog that gets kicked and comes back for food the next day, like when it gets hungry. Fuck that! You've got the incentive structure all screwed up. You think this is like a grudge match between the AMC executives? And I'm I'm saying this is like a relationship between us and and the fans and and the show, where like. Mm-hmm. We could have a lot of fun engaging with it at this in a, in a way that we couldn't in like seasons six through eight, right? We could go back to the old days of having fun and fun memes, and but but also still some like serious. I don't know. There's I, so much baggage there. Yeah, so much baggage. Yeah, I, I also wonder like what would happen if we honestly did come back for nine B. Like, uh, how many people have just unsubscribed from the feed? How many? Like, it also like we did tie a nice bow, like. I would hate to come back in nine B. It'd be miserable. And then what do you do? Like we already had the like signing off uh, best move- moments kind of thing. Like I'm kind of with you. I- For me, it's a principle thing. Like I look, I made this decision that if I don't stand by it simply to chase traffic, then what the fuck kind of person am I? I agree. I do think we fucked up though. We should yes, have. It, if, it was a mistake in financially. It was a mistake from like a ratings perspective. Like, everything that matters to a business yes but personally i feel pretty damn good still about the oh decision. see nah i i think that like uh but but the thing is here's the thing you can you only you have to judge the the decisions you make based on who you were at the time and information you had and by mm-hmm. that juncture, oh, no if you go back that, yeah. and like 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 with full knowledge of what happened i think we make a different choice but if you just say like would you do it differently like well if i go back and i'm that exact same person this looks like it's going to be a massive shit show. The idea that they'd be able to pull it out, even to say goodbye to Andrew Lincoln, if that's in fact what happened, is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You, the fact that you have to ask that question, yeah, is is ridiculous to me. What like, about- doesn't doesn't that question tell you everything you need to know about? how badly you've been jerked around by these fucking people. Uh, yes. Yeah. Like, but like the we, fact that they tell but, you in all of the advertising, Andrew Lincoln's last four episodes. And then you're saying, Oh, if they actually got rid of him. Hey, I'm not, I'm, I'm <laughs> there's just no saying, trust there. They can't salvage this relationship. There's I'm nothing sorry. we can say that will make the following statement. Not true. We played ourselves by bailing when we did now, again, do we want to continue to get played? That is the question. Uh, the answer for me is no. Uh, I just like uh, so. Do we have a new? But but do we have? Did we learn anything as this company? Like, let's say that we have a a a podcast that, like, in feedback, people like, why are you still covering this show? Yet fifty, sixty thousand people are still listening to it. Mm -hmm. We we still shovel that product out until people don't want to hear it. Right? Like that's that what we should do as a business. 
Yeah, I mean, as from a financial perspective, certainly. Like let the let the people decide when we're done with 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 something. But then again, then like then. But it then... all comes back. Like our relationship with our audience is one based on trust. Yeah, and I'm hesitant to trade any of that away. Well, plus, like I don't want to be forced to do the Americans. Where I'm just like, oh God, I want this is actually making me feel bad as a person to watch this in this state that I am with the material that I'm given. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't I feel think like you can make we a were bad taught decision. a lesson that we don't have any takeaway from because it's very specific to this show and the time and the audience and you know, if, like if, if Walking Dead Nine B came out in April, we wouldn't even be having this conversation because we're going to be loaded with shit. We're going to be over. So it's like it's 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 just a weird thing. It's so niche. It's like hard to derive an operating principle from. Mm-hmm. Now, having said all that, I think it was a huge miss. Let's let's uh, let's quantify it because yeah. I think from one end of the telescope, you look at this and it's the biggest miss. Mm-hmm. It's by far the the most successful thing we could have done. Maybe other than Westworld all year last year. Oh, and also the the Game of Th- the Game of Thrones retrospective coverage was massively successful too. So yeah, um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, of this list, I can't see anything beating it. Does it should be number one, or should yeah. we say yeah? Because like this is an old kind of dead product that like you know can make an argument for uh, Bird. Uh, so I think. I almost think if we're going to make Walking Dead live and die on that, on the things we've talked about so far with it, then uh-huh. we have to retire it after this year because they will continue to make that show. And every year that we don't cover it, it will be the biggest miss, right? Because we'll be stuck at that. Oh, well, we could have had 40, 50,000 people look, listening. Is there any? Well, yeah, I agree. So Once if, you have the if biggest it wins miss, this category this time, we have to retire. If we have the biggest miss and we refuse to cover it again, then yeah. Is there anything, any possible way that you would be compelled to do a season 10? Like, let's like, what if we heard the, the, the buzz on season nine was that like, yeah, actually, uh, 14 of the 16 episodes were excellent, and the other two were okay with a couple dodgy parts. Would that get you back in? I think you're just done. Yeah, I... I'm looking at your I don't face. Know. This, I'm, is I mean, done, this is your done face. It's hard to conceive of a scenario <laughs> that would bring me back into that show. Yeah. I'll say that. I Like, can I definitively say there's absolutely nothing they could do to bring me back in? No. I mean, if they proved to me over the course of the next few seasons and it started winning awards and it, it started like... Cinemax, it was softcore porn now. <laughs> right, I'm back in. Uh, no, I mean, there are changes they can make to that show because look, I like zombies. Freak the Walking Dead. I mean, fuck me, I've watched many zombie things this yeah. year. Uh, yeah, and you're going to watch more. And I Kingdom. will watch more. So I'm not done on zombies, but I'm done with the production of The Walking Dead. <laughs> Okay. So maybe there's something in the future, but they would have to... It's about the pattern. Like, it's really about the pattern for me. Like, show me that you give a shit about your audience. Yeah. And maybe I'll be back in. All right. I want to make an argument that Bird Box should be the number two. And here's my argument. Um, Our movie podcasts are very successful. Mm -hmm. Uh, We release a podcast that comes out, like, on Friday morning and says, hey, this thing's hot while it's... And and unlike a movie where you've got, you know, a lot of our audience is like our age and they got families and and it's hard to like, you know, just on a, hey, let's just go out and see this, you know, fucking movie that we didn't plan on seeing where it's very easy. Like, hey, the kids are in bed. Aaron and Jim said Bird Box is hot. 
let's listen to it or let's 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 watch it like i feel like these netflix movies i don't know if 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 they can pump out the quality like of all the average quality is along the lines of like this or a gerald's game or something like that then i think this could be a big thing for us but if they are like shovelware type of movie things which i think some of these netflix are or like you know things that foreign film like semi-successful foreign films that were optioned for cheap i i don't know Mm -hmm. but bird box i think would have been a great test case to see if we had had coverage of that the day it was released which we can we could do uh we could have done i i it would have been a great experience to see how, how well that did yeah um Bird Box is an interesting one because I didn't come away from it going like this is fire. I I didn't think I don't think anybody really did, but a, a community of it came out of the, vacuum. the internet community kind of latched onto yes. it in a weird way. Even though it's not like I don't think anybody's saying this is the best movie no. that we saw this year. They're they're simply like it inspired something. Yeah, in like the larger like, community. Like, oh, and I don't know do that I got that. From the movie. Netflix can do something like a Quiet Place now. Yeah, but I I don't know that I got that feeling, that same feeling that, you know, some people on the internet got and kind of forced it out into the mass status. Hmm, so like my review of that of that movie wouldn't be this is the this is something you have to watch. It'd be like that was a pretty good execution on the concept. But when like, I would be much more tepid than the internet at large. Right, but I, I think what this is is like seeing it's kinda like uh when you look at China and their space program, mm-hmm. like you could shit on all day long and be like, well, come back when you've landed a man on the moon and you have a fully stocked space station. All right. But they are doing some impressive things and they are taking steps to where one of these days they might, they actually, they might not be the first persons on the moon, but they might be the first lunar colony. Mm-hmm. And I think with, with Netflix, we're seeing them hit different milestones. Like, Oh, you can do a big blot, uh, a, a big budget with Hollywood stars that is popular, but maybe like a bright, right? Like mm-hmm. not a, like not a critical success, but a commercial success. Okay. Now you can do like a horror movie, with big budget actors and production values that's on the level of like a quiet place. Like what's, what are we going to do when Netflix has like a Godfather level event? Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, this is something that Oscars actually has to think about. Oh shit. I mean, Roma, we... Roma is that and Roma's winning all kinds of awards and being well, nominated. We need to watch, for... we need to make, why is not Roma on this list? Uh, probably should be. I think it's on the people's actually. list actually. Cause I, okay. I, 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 I compiled it and I, that was one where I'm like, Roma, what the fuck is, what the fuck is Yeah, Roma? No, I think we just hit that milestone. Actually. We hit a couple of big milestones for Netflix. Okay. Uh, both from a like zeitgeist perspective and then from just a straight up quality so perspective. That's where I think like maybe bird box belongs because it, it's, it's one of those things where, and I, I think we're responsive to it. Like, you know, we're taking Netflix movies seriously and we're going to try to not be blindsided and, and, uh, uh, flat-footed on them anymore, but so that's yeah. why I think Bird Box is kind of because it's it's the one that we're going to respond to. Walking Dead, we're not responding to, you know. Um, yeah, no, I I agree. Bird Box is a big miss miss this year. Um, probably number two, although I I would make a strong case for Homecoming because okay. the pedigree is really good. It's Sam Esmail. Uh, he kind of has honed everything. That he was trying to do in Mr. season Robot, two of yeah. Mr. Robot, and he's made it tighter, yeah. and he's made it more entertaining, uh, more compelling, at least to me. Mm-hmm. And I really think some of the techniques he's u- using in his filmmaking are groundbreaking. Um, uh, like, 
remember in the 90s and the 80s and stuff where every sitcom would have like this freeze frame at the end yeah what if you had that moment but it was more like like a like a the the feeling was frozen yeah and you were dwelling in the feeling but the action was still happening but it wasn't action that was distracting you from the way you feel about the final moment of the episode yeah so it gave you it's kind like, of a you, pocket to sit in like, you know, like those cinemagraphs have you seen like yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, they'll yeah. take like the, the, the moving still kind of things. yeah like yeah. like i one of the ones i can think of is like the that one um spoilers for breaking bad but you know when walt kills mike and there's that like big shot of him, mike like kneeling by the river and mm-hmm. like the there's a cinemagraph i've seen where it's like him and then walt and then but the only thing moving is a river like it gives you kind of like a moment in time that you can inhabit emotionally. Um, it sounds like that's what they're, cause I haven't seen it yet, but it yeah. sounds like that's what they're going for. Like, like the emotional equivalent of a cinemagraph. Yeah. Yeah. It's super interesting. Um, I'll it's, talk about this more. It I reminds think, me of like that. life is strange. Like, you know, how sometimes it'll, it'll prompt you to like, you can sit on a, like a park bench and just, yeah. Listen yeah. to music and, and look at things. And like, you can, if, if your character <laughs> wants to sit there for three hours, they can. Or for like the big decisions, right? They yeah. don't give you a time limit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you can really think about it. Yeah, right. I feel like that's what Sam's doing with, Interesting. with Homecoming. Uh, and it's credit sequence, I guess, is how you how I would term it. Um, I'll, I'll talk more about like aspect ratios and shit that he's doing in that that make it really innovative in like the best drama category. But here, how many people i i saw people talking about homecoming but we have a fucking forum where people who are really interested in television Mm -hmm. are chatting constantly and i saw you know four or five people mention it i I hear that there's two movies there are two shows that are like very good homecoming and patriot and that like the rep is that nobody's watching them right that's Uh, that's the problem for the biggest miss category and is, is Homecoming, what what network is that? Is that Showtime or is that... Uh, it's Amazon Prime streaming. And it's a lot of stuff I'm hearing nobody watching is Amazon. And I got to say yeah. that uh, even if, like, the Romanos was a runaway critical success, uh-huh. just judging by our Bald Move TV, nobody... Like, this Amazon thing, I, I feel like yeah. that... Especially, like, I just feel like that there's more people... Like, so many people have Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like if you have basic cable, you probably have Amazon. If you got the money to, to spend on basic cable, you probably have the money to spend on Amazon Prime. Um, and I don't understand why. Maybe it's just the fact that there's so many streaming outlets that if you're not Netflix or HBO, you're starving. Yeah, that's part of it. I think Amazon needs to improve their interfaces for their for their content portals. Yeah. Um, their website is useless uh for promoting the content or or even browsing content yeah it's it's just a standard like web interface kind of thing yeah it's pretty bad it's bad and then their apps aren't much better frankly like like fast forwarding is a chore rewinding is a chore they need to really invest a lot in their their interface with their audience yeah in order for me to feel like I'm getting a Netflix quality experience from them, even if the content is good. Well, let me ask you this: certainly is because here's here's the tiebreaker. Um, I think maybe is or is, uh, one way you can look at this is like what what kind of change, for, what kind of catalyst for change is this going to be in bald move? Like, are you going to advocate for us covering home season season two, home, homecoming season two, and how homecoming would we do that? Um, because if you're not like, I think it's automatically not as big as a miss as Bird Box because Bird Box is a miss that we're like, oh shit, we don't want this to happen again. Yeah, and like we're Deuce was the biggest miss of last year. We came back to. with full coverage of it, right? Um, like, is are we going to be responsive to this? 
Uh, it probably depends on what you think of the show, but yeah, I would be totally in on really? Homecoming okay. season two. All right. Uh, so then I think that like Maniac, Ballad of Buster Struggs, or Scruggs are like kind of uh, a repeat of the things we've already said right. before. And A Star Is Born is like I, A Star Is Born like we miss we miss movies critically acclaimed movies all the time. Like mm-hmm. it's one of the biggest annoyances I have is I think we do a pretty good job of doing the blockbuster coverage. But we don't do any of the, like, you know, kind of Oscar and indie stuff that we kind of pride ourselves on. Like, like if we were doing running bald movies or bald move TV side where we did bald movies, we wouldn't be doing the sharp objects and leftovers and shit. We'd be doing, yeah. you know, just a big, big dumb stuff. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, like, I wish we had a little bit more balance on it. So I, I guess I don't even care what four through five, four, five and six are because I, I feel pretty good about one, two, and three, and I wonder what you think about, like, is three a bigger miss in Bird Box? Because it sounds like quality-wise it is, but maybe structurally it's not. Yeah, I mean, audience-wise, it's certainly not. Zeitgeist, it's not? Uh, no, I'm... I mean, I'm pretty okay with this list. I I might put Scruggs up above a Maniac, or you, if you care. Yeah, to. I mean, I would even roll, like, A Star is Born into the top five. Over Maniac, okay. Yeah. Okay, boss. There you go. Honestly, that's a pretty good list for me. Okay. Well, there we go. We got it. Biggest miss. You want to run down the the top? Oh, yes. I forget. I got to do that. Number one, The Walking Dead, season 9A. Number two, Bird Box. Number three, Homecoming, first season. Number four, Ballad of Buster Buster Scruggs. Scruggs. Five, A Star is Born. Biggest surprise. Boy. Um, I like that there's seven categories here. This is, uh, this is the, if this was a bald move meme, this would be like the troglobite version. Cause this actually yeah. pre, this is the only, it's like the Rick roll kind of, yeah, this is like, but this goes back to gong radio, the, the list of seven. Uh, wow. Long time ago, man. Gong radio. Uh, okay. Barry. Season one, Homecoming season one, The Terror season one, Always Sunny finale, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Save the Expanse, Bill Hader. Okay, let's Wait, take... Barry and Bill Hader on this list? Uh, we just padded this out to seven. It might have been. It's starting to feel like that. <laughs> Do you want to go this from the top, bottom up? Sure, bottom uh, up. Bill Hader. Bill Hader is... I don't know why this always seems like a magic trick when a really good comedian mm-hmm. uh, is able to handle drama because I've heard it argued many, many times that it's all acting and getting laughs is harder than than, than genuating, gen, generating other emotion. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. like, I don't know why, but, like, it always seems like it's this magic trick. When yeah. you see this... Like, I've seen, this is the guy who does bad... Uh, Vincent Price impersonations on cheesy after midnight Saturday Night Live skits, and he's crushing not only the funny parts of Barry, but the parts where he's a uh, a war veteran that's being taken advantage of in this industry and suffering from PTSD and kind of uncap- incapable of forming friendships and relationships with people. Mm-hmm. Like that's incredible. It is. Yeah, I I was not expecting this performance from Bill Hader at all. And I was impressed by it. I was expecting like an office space version of an assassin thing. I wasn't expecting like poignancy. Yeah. And I got poignancy. That's the big. And I guess this is everything I'm saying about Barry uh, or Bill Hader. You could say about Barry itself, but maybe more so. We'll yeah. find out yeah. in six more slots. 
Hashtag saved expanse. Why is this the big exp- uh, uh, surprise? Maybe because it's a sci-fi show. I I don't know. Um, I just felt like when it got canceled and they they had all these complicated rights, like you you know the the one world had it one way, the other, the Netflix had, like there's all right. these complicated. Um, and it's expensive, and I'm just used to science fiction shows being canceled in their prime yeah. or d- turning to shit. So I'm like, wow, this is going to take to me. This is going to take over the spot the Firefly had, the Great What If. Yeah. Um, and then like literally, you hear this rumor of Jeff Bezos being a fan uh-huh. and him taking personal interest, and like within a week, it was a done deal. Mm-hmm. And and the way it was announced, like with. Uh... Is it Cass? Cass Anbar? Yeah. He, yeah. He yeah. was like kind of hinting crew, around it. There, and yeah. It, like, yeah, there was this big meeting and and it was like Cass had like leaked it on his phone that this was a thing that might have happened. Yeah. And like, I don't know. It was, there was a lot of buzz around this that kind of came out of nowhere. And, and I didn't expect from the, frankly, this sci-fi show that nobody was watching apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm. But it's a big surprise, but also like a big. Uh, I'm just happy that it happened, you know. Yeah, and it's like one of those things where it's like you always hear about the fan letter writing uh, campaign that saved right. Star Trek back in the '60s, and that was like three thousand letters or something. Mm-hmm. This like legit took over the front page of Reddit, uh, trending on Twitter, on Instagram, YouTube, like. So much stuff came out, and uh, like I, I watched the Reddit group sweat like swell in real time. Um, mm-hmm. I I hope it continues to build an audience, and you know it's exciting that because I think the Amazon believes in it and has some deep pockets. But the bad thing about Amazon is, as we just previous as we discussed in other sections of these deliberations, is it does seem like it's really struggling to get to get ratings so it's possible that even less people will watch an even better version of this already (laughs) fantastic science fiction show that's possible uh the other possibility is it's such a good show that it starts to bring more people into the ecosystem yeah into the amazon ecosystem i think expanse is like game of thrones is primed to break out of its genre like i remember the bs report podcast where bill simmons confessed i started watching game of thrones it was like between season three and season four and so many like Alan Sepulwall come on there and Andy uh, Greenwald and like his own employees would be like, it's so good. And he's like, ah, I don't watch walking around. I don't watch walking through the forest shit. <laughs> People walking through the woods. It's like, I don't watch. And like, he just yeah. like, I, I feel like it's primed to bust out of this. Oh, it's a space show. Yeah. Like, I don't watch shit with phasers. Like it's, it's literally Game of Thrones in space. It is, yeah, with some direct ties back to like Martin through yeah. the people he's worked with and stuff. Yeah, if 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 maybe like that's the thing is like I could also see this being just like Game of Thrones in space, and that like maybe some writing problems start creeping, and Dan and Ty <laughs> don't finish it, and like it. But they've got a better track record. They got a better track record yeah. and a much larger, I guess, runway. Yes. Yeah. So the seventh book came out this year or last year, I guess now. So, yeah, the fact that the expanse did not get canceled. It also was also it was shocking to me that sci fi canceled it because it was, yeah. it was doing as well as some of their other expensive shows like the son of Krypton or whatever the fuck that is. And and they had this philosophy of like, we're going to double down in our sci fi stuff and yeah. we're going to get some really good shows in here. And it was really good. And like critically, I was getting even better reviews than, ba- than the Battlestar. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a much better show than Battlestar. So 
I start, couldn't be more pleased that, that it uh, survived. Uh, mm-hmm. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I didn't think an animated Spider-Man would interest me. No, I thought frankly. I thought visual. I was expecting to be kind of blown away visually because I saw the trailer and it looked like a very innovative animation technique. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think I would, didn't expect much from like a manga Spider-Man. And holy shit, it ends up being. I mean, I don't know where it's going to end up in the like uh, bald movies rank or like I. I don't. Also, I know that the Oscars came out. I think today or yesterday. I didn't see if it made it. Like. It surely will get make noise in the animated category, but I think you can make an argument for this being in the field of twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, if Black Panther is going to be in there, like if, you, if you're going to say that like superhero films are are going to start being able to be in here on a regular basis and not just like the weird or tour ones that have a well regarded actor that kills himself that year, like I, I yeah, why not? Yeah, sure. Best. Uh, it, d- do they have an anime category? Surely they do. I think they right? have anime. They have animated. Yeah, yeah that's... Yeah. Okay. Well, I'd probably win that. Yeah. If I had to guess. Yeah. Uh, the Always Sunny... In, uh, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia finale. Did you get Did you get it? I watched this last night. I didn't get it. Oh, no! So I, I love the Frank stuff, but I... I, yeah, I was much like Frank in the Frank's beginning of this. I didn't get it. Like, I don't get that last 10 minutes. Uh, I don't, I mean, I, it's, huh. How would I explain it? Please do if you can. I, I don't know what about that was. How do you, how would a character like Mac come to grips with his homosexuality and present that to the two father figures in his life? Mm -hmm. And we're talking about like a very profoundly closeted homophobic self-hating delusional in denial gay man up until like yeah season up ago. until like this this mm-hmm. season how would he like blossom would he be the kind of guy who would be down to like do pony dances on a gay pride flag? like where what is what does being gay mean to him because mm-hmm. it does it's it clearly not like gay pride type stuff right and that and it's not bdsm stuff and that rob <laughs> mackle mack that the, he would Rob McElerney, McElaney, I think is how you say that. Yeah, that he would sculpt his body into something that would be the, the this payload that only like I don't know how much he trained to to, to get to dance. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like it's the way it's like you 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 like you know when you see the girl that he's practicing with like walk out of his his apartment. They, they, you think that he's gone and doing something else. He's, he's right. run back Frank heterosexuality because that, yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's just the way that all pays off. And then like his real father ultimately turns away in disgust and is like adoptive father. Like, I guess I didn't imagine. First of all, it, did you not find it beautiful? Just no, like, it is like yeah. out of nowhere they do this interpretive dance sequence. It, that's I did. I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. I kept waiting for the joke to hit, and. That show has kind of trained me to think that way. And so mm. when it doesn't, I was just kind of left like, well, that was nice to look at, but I guess I don't understand really why this is Mac's way to express it. How? I mean, like, I, I almost think he. You're right, it's like, not an what, obvious choice, but it, to me, it, it, yeah. as soon as I saw it, it immediately made sense. And I don't know how mm. to communicate that feeling if you don't didn't have it. Yeah. Like, I, the whole time me and Cecily are sitting there with our mouths agape at just like. I mean, shit, I'd watch this on... If someone sent this to me as a YouTube, it's just like, watch this interpretive dance. Like, I'm not... All right, 30 seconds in, I'm into it. And just how serious it's taken and how much 
dedication this man has been through in the last year just for this one fucking not joke to land. I just uh-huh. thought that's it's always sunny as fuck, man. No other show could possibly pull it off. But then, you know, I, I did hear a couple people say I didn't get it. So I, I just didn't get it. I'm not saying it's bad. Maybe uh, it's built up too because you heard so much about it. It's reputation. Yeah, I mean, I was hearing good things about that finale, uh, and I I like it. I don't know how to process it. I guess like mm. it is it, a bit of a cliffhanger. Why, why, it's an emotional cliffhanger too. Yeah, I mean, it, it fades out after the dance, so it's mm-hmm. like that's kind of where it leaves you. Uh, I guess I just didn't understand the relationship of the dancers. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I have zero experience with interpretive dance if it's not in the big lebowski (laughs) Uh i haven't fucking seen it so part of it may just be me simply not understanding Mm -hmm. the language of interpretive dance but i don't know what i was watching Mm -hmm. i know that it looked good and Mm -hmm. i i understand like it took dedication and you know a lot of work to get to the place where they could put on this performance but as to what it means, I have no fucking idea. I think it was there was like a freedom aspect. There was like him wrestling with what masculinity looks like in in the context of him being gay, and uh, you know, I think the the I, it's uh, I yeah. I mean, I struggled to put it into words, and I like also mm-hmm. kind of like well, I don't, I don't which put... is why it's in dance form, right? Right. <laughs> like... I think that's the other thing is like how would Mac actually express that in any like you know this is as valid as any other in any I don't know I like I said I I, I wish I could explain it better or even walk my thought process. I'm sure if I watched it again, I could like make like okay, I think this is the language they're using, but and and it's not like I watch a ton of interpretive dance, but like fair enough point. Like I do watch musicals and shit where. You know, like there's there's like whole five, six minute sections of like singing in the rain where it's kind of like this, like they're telling a story of a man and a woman and it's entirely through the set and the music and their dance moves. So like maybe I'm a little bit prime, more primed, but huh? well, bummer, I guess that can't be the biggest surprise then, although it would be pretty. It, I, I can't quant. I cannot tell you how surprising this was to actually experience in real time. Like, That's true. I was not expecting what i got right at all you, but you were expecting a big event and i wasn't i, I was, was expecting yeah. like just more dick and fart jokes and right. Danny devito's face being increasingly a train wreck yeah uh so all right well, let's move on to the terror okay this is a huge surprise yeah um, like uh, there was not a lot of buzz not a lot of uh pre- just like it just mm-hmm. dropped and i remember i like i should watch this but Eh, pretty busy, not going to. You actually watched it before me, and like, dude, this is so fucking good. Yeah. And, and it was really a lot on the strength of just Jared Harris and his work in, like, Mad Men. Yeah. And, like, I like that actor. His work in The Expanse, frankly. Yep. Um And I wanted to see what he could do in this setting, and the setting looked inherently interesting to me, just, like, this frozen, these frozen ships and how these people are going to survive and it that show turned out to be so much more than that. Yeah. Uh and it goes places that I didn't expect it to go. And it was on AMC which at this point is kind of a shit show in yeah. my opinion. It's like the small town hometown we moved out of and never looked back because Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it gave me what I needed to get to where I am now. I think we're maybe I think AMC might be quietly posed for a little bit of a comeback. Maybe. 
They've done Maybe. some like I hear good things about like Preacher and right, and then they did Halt Catch Fire, which was I a little loved, uneven, yeah. but they rounded in the good. Like I, I think they're still like they're, the ratings haven't come yet, but they're doing really in, they're doing interesting and noteworthy work again. Mm-hmm. So kudos to them. and the terror was that. And so. I'm really looking looking forward to season two. Uh, Homecoming. Uh, I don't know anything about this other than you, what you've said in other segments and that you're really high on it. And there's a lot of people that uh, like it on the forums. Yeah. And, and that's Julia why Roberts it's in it. probably hard to recommend this as like the top spot on Biggest Surprise because mm-hmm. people had been telling me it was good. And I would never have watched it if people hadn't said, this is good. You need to watch it. This is good. Sam Esmail, you need to watch it. He's better than he's ever been. Uh, so I heard that quite a few times before I finally decided to give it a go. I I guess it's not like super surprising, though. I mean, anything coming out of what Amazon Prime at this point, yeah, that's like really stellar. Well, I, I think it's is... important for because like Sam Esmail now has a second solid thing under his belt kind of like yeah. um when we saw uh noah holly do mm. legion and it wasn't everyone's cup of tea and i know you didn't watch season two but i thought it was good what i did see legion i think cemented him as like oh this is a guy you have to watch mm. you know once you like in in a way to kind of like i i'm unfortunately the wiener is in an awkward spot because he did some of the best television ever and some of the worst i've ever seen on his sophomore effort so like I think yeah, I think it's if if you if this is as you say, I think this is a big deal for the career of and, and interest of Sam Esmail. I don't want to overhype it though. It's not like the best show I watched. Last, it's not the Expanse. It's year. not Breaking Bad. It's not. I mean, I I don't know that I was as engaged by the story as I was The Terror, for instance. But like from a filmmaking perspective and a cinematic perspective, it's hmm. it's just revolutionary in my mind. But we'll see what you think of it. <laughs> Uh, and then Barry, uh, you know, we've talked about Barry, uh, Barry's going to make a lot of noise in our comedy category. Um, it's got marvelous performances by Henry Winkler and, uh, Bill Hader and mm-hmm. the guy that plays NoHo and the guy that plays the NoHo's <laughs> uncle brother boss. Uh, yeah. It's just got so many, so many Steven great. Stephen Root, we didn't talk about Steven at all. Stephen Root is fucking hilarious. Um, I... I just had I looked. Th- this is very much like the expanse of comedies for me, and that I watched this thing almost in real. Like I couldn't wait for the next one to come out, yeah. and like it every week, it kind of like the first two weeks, I'm like, oh, this is really funny and dark, and I like it. And then the third week is like, oh, and it can actually do competent action. That's an interesting facet to add to this show. Uh-huh. And then like four and five, I'm like, oh shit, they can go for like pretty big drama too. Mm-hmm. And Bill Hader can like hang with some of this performance, like. It's and then they I still think that the like the final episode is so goddamn ballsy and what it what it does. Yeah. Uh, in in I don't want to spoil it because right. it's it's remarkable and I want and, and it's not it doesn't take very long to catch up on this thing. But like it was unafraid to logically follow through all of its conclusions. Yeah which really puts the main character in some tough emotional space within his own universe. And honestly, my relationship with him as a viewer, <laughs> uh, for sure it's, it's going to season two is going to be there. They're de- I mean, it'll be interesting to follow up because they definitely went all in on the Villigans paint yourself in a corner and see what happens in the writers room next year. It's like, uh, they, they, 
it, it's going it, to cuz if they don't watch out they're going they're going to have a very unlikable premise with an unlikable star and it's supposed to be a comedy and what the hell do you do with that yeah no it's it's strange like i don't know what to even call this show is it a comedy is it a drama which one is the primary thing here like is it an action show because they yeah there's th- a lot this of is those. like the always sunny finale dance thing yeah. i i don't know how to describe this show to someone like they seamlessly blend the darkness and the the ridiculous yeah. comedy and th- there's that scene um there's like gross at the airstrip remember when they pull up oh, in the airstrip yeah. uh-huh. and they're in this the, the fucking suv and it yeah. just gets it, I, that scene and the final episode like blew my mind. No, there's there's like McGru- there's there's DNA of uh, Gross Point Blank, uh, McGruber, um, uh, uh, Leon the Professional. Uh, it, there's just so much that they're riffing and lifting from, but also just a whole unique. I mean, because yeah, the 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 way they combine it all, uh, yeah, is. is something i can't describe but yeah. you, you feel it and yeah. it feels real good i do think of these like uh amalgams like atlanta is the same way it's like is this a is this a very funny drama comedy or is this a very funny drama or is it a very dramatic comedy i do think right. that barry mostly stays more on the funny like they will get mm-hmm. gut-wrenching but there will always be the next level joke and about the only time they don't yeah. do that is the finale which i think is appropriate you mm-hmm. know you want to have that tension throughout um but uh yeah um bojack does that very well too it's just they've done it for five seasons it's not a surprise all right and it was a big surprise because like we mentioned about bill Hader, you know he's a comedian yeah to us so is can, so i think it's cheating to have both of these on here can we get rid of one is it is it a bigger surprise that bill Hader uh can 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 act? no i mean that whole show is a surprise to me okay i think we get rid of bill Hader. And all right Hader. <laughs> we remove this from the pantheon of top seven lists okay uh let's say um is homecoming season one more surprising to barry i doesn't seem like you would say mm, it probably is. not no uh is it more surprising than is uh is mm. the terror more surprising than homecoming i have to recuse myself from all yeah pro- probably i mean all right is- the, the pedigrees are on the opposite ends of the spectrum for me right uh what about always sunny is it more surprising than homecoming yeah this is a tough one to judge with you not getting it i was i will say i did not expect what i got like you you had been hyping this episode up for me and even then i didn't expect it mm-hmm. the biggest surprise is also not like it, it also has to pay off it's not like like, like i you i come up and punch you in the face when you get up in the morning that's a huge surprise but not a right. welcome one uh no. th- there's a, a element of welcome like oh oh Oh, kind of yeah. surprised not like oh god ah, you know or screaming right it's, it's like the the biggest uh risk biggest reward surprise yeah it has to pay off yeah or else what are we doing here so yeah. so for me it didn't but i mean for you it really did i i don't know how to rank those uh i it, it, especially when we're talking about homecoming which I, you the thing is yet. i do think it fundamentally changed my idea of what always sunny could be if they wanted it to be Okay. Like they are still extreme because even that episode you didn't get, it's still a very funny episode. Mm-hmm. Like, just, oh yeah, I mean Frank stuff I, alone I, is. I, I think they did that. Like they got Danny DeVito. Like, look, we're gonna put a shit ton of of prosthetics on you and have uh, you go for broke on physical comedy because this fucking thing Rob's doing, who knows what's gonna happen with it? <laughs> right. And like, at least you'll get to the twenty minute mark with a smile on your face mm-hmm. and expecting something, and then like you know, so like I that's and kudos for them. What they do is hard. 
Oh, yeah. What they do is hard. And I think important. Especially 13 years in. Yeah. Like, they're engaging with societal issues in a way yeah. that, like, uh, I feel like appeals to... Like 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 appeals to the type of people that it probably should needs to appeal to, you know. And they're they're, yeah. I feel like it's a recent development in Always Sunny. Mm. Like they've they've always kind of leaned into the we are awful people and yes. we get maybe a little punished, but we're we're kind of always fine. Yeah. and we ruin the lives of people around us. But this season, they seem to have stepped up their like social consciousness a little bit. But without losing any, like, right. like I, edge. No, I mean, Dennis is still being absolutely awful. Yeah. Uh, but the show is just framing it a little differently. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of cool with that. I, I, I welcome that change. Okay. Um, so where, I mean, where would you argue that Always Sunny needs to be? I don't think it can be higher. I don't think a 10-minute section at the end of the episode, uh, at the end of the season, that... that that does redefine what I think the damn show is capable of 13 seasons. And I don't think it can be better than buried the terror, but I don't know. Right. So it's I'd, like, home, like I feel you? like, yeah, it'll probably just stay where it's at now. Okay. Spider-Man into the spider verse. Like I think might be a top three, but okay. then save the expanse. Like, how do you how do you quantify that? Because that was that was a very pleasant surprise. I thought I was going to lose mm. my because I think the expanse. I I don't we haven't we haven't debated this yet, but uh, and maybe we shouldn't. But like the expanse is is one of my favorite shows this year. I really loved it. Uh, is it in the dramas this year or? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's definitely we, that happened this year. Yeah, that happened last okay. year. But yeah, the the, the, the expanse well, yeah. was one of my favorite things on television this year. Like it's Game of Thrones level enjoyment and oh, yeah. looking forward to it. This for me. this is the show that I sat down every week that was a pleasure to watch that mm-hmm. I, I was waiting for, anticipating. Yeah. Uh hard to say that about most other shows I watched this year. Even if they were really good. I this this yeah, there's some it, television it that like you're like tap, you're like you're like looking at your watch and tapping your foot about like oh man when's it gonna be you know and yeah there's some that are like oh well it's yeah, yeah I need to see it and I need to see it in the next two days because we do podcasts and then there's mm-hmm. yeah the, the expanse is uh, is a pleasure watch for me so how do fuck man I don't know how, I don't know how to do this because uh, I can I make an argument Spider-Man for save, save the, expanse. the expanse need to go up yep but I I can make an argument that save the expanse should go to the top. I could maybe follow you there. I'm going to throw it up there just to to see how it looks. Yeah, see how it sits. I think Spider-Man 2 needs to go down. Ah, But why? Why? Okay, why is Spider-Man less surprising than Barry? Hmm. To me, it's just at this stage of the Spider-Man game, everything's been done. Like, they somehow... Make ten different origin stories of Spider-Man fun, even though you're sick to death of them, and reinvent what Spider-Man can be, and also do a damn good conventional Spider-Man film, all at the same time with mm-hmm. jaw-breaking, uh, you know, technologically sophisticated and beautiful artistic work. That's pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean, I have a hard time arguing a comedian doing drama. Over Spider Man, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, but I think Barry's innovative too. It's more than yeah. It's more than just a comedian doing drama. But I have, yeah. I have a hard time saying that it was 
a bigger surprise because honestly when i when i heard okay animated spider-man my expectations go to zero Mm -hmm. uh now i had seen like bill Hader in documentary now and doing playing a lot of different roles like most of them definitely in the hardcore comedy uh category but like also stretching and branching out and like doing things that aren't all comedy Mm -hmm. so maybe i was a little more primed to think okay i want to see this thing that bill Hader is doing as opposed to spider-man which was like i don't really have any interest in this and then Mm -hmm. i heard the buzz and Mm -hmm. then i saw the previews and like really heard the buzz and when i saw it it was great so i feel like honestly i so you like one and two feel like we might be zoning in on the actual list here yeah i'm actually wondering if maybe barry and terror flip oh really but that's where i'm trying to judge these totally on success yeah if if i saw the premise of both of these and i would be like oh i think the terror probably be good right whereas barry i'd be like well well trod sounds crazy i want to check but I'll, i'll check it out it's on hbo Mm-hmm. So I guess that are that that's the argument for Barry. Yeah, the disparity like on, between expectations and results. Yeah, yeah, is bigger on that's Barry. All, that's all. I think that's, bigger on. I think you just define surprise. I th- yeah, I think I think this is a debate that's over now. Right. Well and, done. And I'm looking at these and I'm thinking, yeah, <laughs> expectations versus results. I yeah. fully expected the expanse was gone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the fucking result there is this lunatic billionaire steps in with his personal pocketbook copper rockets to the and moon. says no fuck you i'm buying this thing yeah. and we're gonna do this like because jeff bezos loves expanse as much as we do yeah that's fucking ridiculous so of course that wins almost as much as copper so i don't know i like this list okay then there we go biggest surprise uh we settled on number one as the expanse hashtag save the expanse mm-hmm. uh number two spider-man into the spider-verse number three barry season one number four the terror season one number five homecoming season one and at the bottom the inscrutable always sunny season 13 finale at number six it's time okay for the most important category yeah these are we're now hitting the uh the joke categories we have from year to year um where we have like what was the last year like worst like what's the worst care i don't know we had a we we, we sometimes we invent stuff just to talk about stuff and here's here's yeah. uh because we had a couple content missteps uh the most underappreciated ball move content of 2018 mm-hmm. we have the mary giamatti christmas we have the super serious film fest uh, season of the cage we have our twitch.tv experiment uh and then to serious answers the deuce and the expanse oh i think Um, the most serious answer is christmas 2018 (laughs) i think okay like with the exception of maybe two and three this list is appropriately sorted uh but i want to talk about all these because yeah i I mean this is more just an outlet for us to talk about yeah it's almost like things uh, that we did wrong that we know we did wrong it's almost like a a stealth empire business yeah Um, pretty much where do we i where do we go wrong with the paul giamatti christmas because it seems like it's axiomatic to be like if we came back with the sequel christmas and did for example home alone to uh 
uh, Die Hard 2, like all these other, like, you know, just the sequel Christmas movies, and then picked Miracle on 34th Street. And I mean, that did, doesn't feel bigger and better at and, all. And, and, and we got, uh, we got uh, the, the advent calendar booze, and we got our drunken lunches. People would have loved it, and we would have spent a tenth of the time and effort on it. Um, In my but, mind, that's more of the same. It's not bigger and better. Do we and think, what we were going for, I think, this year was bigger and better, right? Do we think that we underestimated some outsized enthusiasm for some of our Paul Giamatti? Like, yep. like we yep. people mailed us Giamatti masks and drew us some Giamatti cartoons, sent us a, a stand life-size up. stand-up of Paul Giamatti, and we're like, oh, this has really penetrated the bald move audience. So if we sat something like G- like this is the year of the Giamatti, what if we sat a Christmas play around kind of like the ball? Like the bald move version of Paul Giamatti, the character, which is a very specific kind of pop culture take on the man himself. And I thought, you know, like it seemed very ambitious, like it kept on getting bigger and bigger. And we had the time that we we needed to execute um, just but we had started early enough that we didn't get we didn't chicken out. We actually kind of executed a version of something i i just think that we just we just did we screwed up that that not everyone is as into the giamatti stuff yeah i think it was a miscalculation not, it, it wasn't something where we under delivered it's like like 10 percent uh, of the bald move audience was as in on the joke as we were yeah and and we had had like discussions leading up to this about how to go bigger and better this year right because mm-hmm. we knew okay we've kind of escalated this every year yeah. with with like better booze calendars and Going all the way back to the first one where we just hung like booze on a tree. Yeah. And that was fun. And then we did like, you know, the 12 days of Christmas thing. Right. Or 25 days of bald move, whatever right. it was. Then we did the badass Christmas. and Right. And it always felt like we were doing something that was fun and interesting and getting bigger and better with it. And this right. was going to be the ultimate culmination before right. we collapse it back into yeah, something smaller. Like this, yeah. 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 Like, and, and take it back, scale it down again. Maybe we can do another one of these in a couple of years when we build up some time and, and all that. But yeah. And it sounded like a great idea. And the whole, the whole, at no time did I think, oh, we are fucking up. Like, I thought the script we wrote was clever and funny. And, and we like, spent a long time tuning it and getting it to where we felt good about it. And it rhymed. Like, it, like <laughs> there was actually. I mean, isn't that step one rhyme? There was some pretty, I thought there was some pretty sick flow. Not, not like, you know, like, but there's, right, right. there's a pretty creative work there. And I, I thought agree. that yeah. like at every stage, like, you know, when we broke everything down to the scenes and when we come up with the, uh, and we had the ideas to do like the paper dolls and blow them up and go like gonzo practical when Paul has his nervous breakdown, like mm-hmm. all that seemed like good ideas. Okay. Another misstep. I don't think people our audience has been trained to like, if we made a bunch of 30 to 60 second videos and that's what we were known yes. for, but what we're known for is long form. That's like the funny bro reviews of movies and television. And what we did was short form entertainment yep. over 20, like 24 days out of a month. But I thought that would work because people liked the, the 24 days of bald move christmas i thought so people much. would look forward to like each each day a little bit more a little bit more a yeah little bit more. i mean we instead of like buying this advent calendar uh of booze and drinking mm-hmm. it we were creating an advent calendar essentially. yeah 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 uh we thought it would be little special packages every day yeah and that sounded like a cool yeah, fun you, idea you get like five minutes of like funny and like i, I thought that we we, we went in because we did we also threw in guy ferrari 
Uh, we had, uh, you know, I just thought that this was a lot yeah, of... Yeah, we brought back a lot of recurring jokes. Right. Bald move. Right. Lore. You know. But, but that was that was the fundamental miscalculation, I think, is you nailed it. It's about length of content. Yeah. People sit down to feast on our content. They don't sit down to snack. Yeah. And it's like it didn't hit all of our standard. Like, there was not, like, you can't enjoy it on a podcast player. Yeah. Um, I think that... Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm not saying that, like, I think the people that liked it really liked it, and mm-hmm. I do and think... And I still really love it. I still really like it, and, you know, uh, you can you can see, we, we stitched them all together, so you can just watch the whole thing, it's like, what, nine minutes long? Oh, it's much better to watch all together. Yeah, you just sit there and, and watch the thing, and, like, I'm still proud of it, I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, and one of these days, I, I hope real soon, before we get another television show, like, as soon as we get done with the Baldies, like, there'll be, like, a, a, a week or two where we're still doing only one show... I would like to do like a behind the scenes to kind of like walk through the special effects and, you know, share some in like just just and just to put a bow on it. And then we can finally be rid of this thing. (laughs) I feel like any invested time in this thing after the fact is probably a waste. Yeah, but like unless you're just personally like, "Ah, I want to do this. I I I don't know. Maybe people because the other thing is like it wouldn't surprise me if this becomes like. You know, because because the other thing out a the, cult the, bald move classic. There's that... one more, I think, fatal flaw of the of the this three legged stool of failure. Uh, we we overestimated the appetite for Giamatti lore. Mm. We the for the the short form video content was something out of our kind of like wheelhouse, and it didn't it, people didn't train. Also, the lead up to this show was pretty not great. Like our last big show was the Deuce, and we had the Romanoff, mm. so it's actively. Yeah, yeah. Drove people away from our Bald Move TV feed. Damn near drove me away. And then, like, so leading up, we had, like, six weeks of nothing but club content that was kind of floating this thing. And also, like, you know, this this kind of leads up to the Super Serious Film Fest. Wasn't a unqualified success. Um, I think it was probably more of a success than the Christmas stuff. Because yeah. it had accompanying podcasts, which yes. are the traditional form um, of media we Of the produce. type of films that we are known for. Yep. And, and you know, every fun and funny reviews. And, like, and Nick Cage is a cultural pop figure. Like you can kind of yep. build a, a silly, super, you know, super serious kind of. So, do you want to pivot to super serious film fest? Like yeah. Our so, I, I think the real problem with this is simply the time investment. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we found a way to scale it back, it would be much more popular. Because mm-hmm. uh, honestly, I think there wasn't a huge difference in format from what we usually do. Uh, and everything we tried to make it because that's the thing we tried to like because like this was designed to be something that keeps engagement for the movie because like the movie feeds is one of our more popular things mm -hmm. and if we can build that into something where people expect we didn't content we didn't put it in the movie feed well it was only in the super serious film fest feed because a lot of the at least on my side of the fence a lot of the impetus here was to get something on youtube Mm -hmm. that could start to branch our audience out to there Mm -hmm. and so i very much thought of this as a video first thing Mm -hmm. um and i wanted it to kind of stand on its own i know you pushed back against that um because you thought well we should release podcasts of all this stuff and And why wouldn't we right and and i kind of went along with that but the the place where i stopped was releasing it in the movies feed uh so i didn't know we didn't do that i i don't know i still find I still have a hard time calling that a mistake. No, I mean, it's because it's a good experiment. It's an an A-B test, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Because and next time we release it in the movie's feed. And I, but that's the thing. I, the movie's feed is a guaranteed five to 7,000 right. downloads, period. Right. No matter what we're covering. So I don't know what that would tell us. Well, so here's my thought. If next time we did it in the... I think that seen. what we... For Super Serious Film Fest shows that there is an appetite. There is an appetite for a themed uh, series of reviews of movies, Okay. Like I don't think there's I think that that core it's idea the thing I like most about it, yeah. I think that the things that we tried to do, like to try to make it extra and like justify it being club content is where we went wrong. That like um like the rewrites it, is that it, the rewrites were hard to do because it's essentially a sh- long form quip that you ha- you don't get to like say, "Ah, oh, this topic's not interesting." Like right. and we didn't know that cuz the we kind of game planned out like and we we like we we did like two or three movies, just kind of like could we do this? And we pick the ones we picked were the easiest ones. Yeah, The Rock the turned Rock, out to be the best, sure, and it was the yeah, first, and yeah. it gave us this false impression that they'd all be that easy, right? And then you get to something like adaptation, like Jesus Christ, what or uh-huh. Weatherman? Like, do you go f- funny or serious? And right. you know, like that was tough. And and uh, once we started get to tough, we you know we, I think. If it, it, it went fine, the live the live watches like the thing is is I don't think I don't the live watches are in tough place because to do them right we'd have to like do a deal with the studio to like the broadcast a movie and our our commentary at the same time or we'd have to like yeah. partner with somebody like Rift Tracks that's got this technology figured out that like we can synchronize our our track with a movie that and like do it very easy and automatic. Um, but the, the yeah. compromise thing we do gets copyright strikes, uh, which are bullshit. And we, we like, I think live watches have legs, but to make them easy, we violate copyright and to make it support copyright. It's hard to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know, but I think super serious film fest will continue forward, but there'll be just essentially themed movie reviews that come out at targeted times. Yeah. And I think we'll keep it, you know, both podcast and video format, I imagine on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I do like 2019 is one of those things where I think video could be important for us long term. Yeah, um, I see more and more I don't people releasing. Sacrifice podcasting for that, but yeah, I think I think we could easily relay. Like, once we get the new studio where we get our audio and video dialed in, mm-hmm. we can easily not just release the whole podcast, like maybe minus the feedback, but maybe like the thing that I'd really like to do is that like pull a 10 or 15 minute interesting conversation yeah. out of like the true detective podcast, you know, and, or out of any podcast and like throw that up there. Cause I see a, there's, there's some, some, some content creators are doing that. Like actually that's what Twitch is doing. They're really poor gasoline on their growth is like, YouTube is kind of like the shitty version of Twitch, but what it's really good is taking the good 10 or 15 minutes out of an hour stream mm-hmm. and posting it there and saying, if you want to watch this live, go to twitch.tv slash bumfuck. And I think that could be, it, you know, that, that could be what Bald Move does is just Bald Move logo, 10 minute interesting conversation about something cultural relevant with for more for more great podcasts and videos, go to baldmove.com. And right. I think, th- and and if we build it, if we build an audience, if it becomes a gasoline for a podcast fire, great. If we build a video audience, even 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 better. Yeah, so, I think it's probably like a. You gotta you gotta start giving those clips like, provocative might be the wrong word, but mm-hmm. provocative type names. Yeah, yeah, clickbait. Like yeah, and and then like, 
and clickbait images. You know, like you expect to see lots of faces where we're like, huh, or like, no, oh, no, or, you no, know, no, no, I can't. No, hey, if you're going I to can't. fuck, if you're going to go to kill clickbait, then you don't, you don't, you don't half clickbait. You go full clickbait or not at all. I, I think that, but I think like explicitly that works for. Uh, that short form, like here's a couple of minutes to get you interested in what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, but for the long form stuff, I think you very much keep it like this is episode three of season three of this show. Sure. And you know, people tune in because they're looking specifically for that content. Yeah. There, there's a difference between like content that people search for and content yeah. that catches people's eyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think we don't leverage the latter at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. But maybe, maybe sometime this year, if we get somebody in the studio to help us out with that. So any anything that we want to say about Super Serious Film Fest before we move on to twitch.tv? I, I don't think it was more underappreciated than Christmas. I think that's yes. in the right order so far. Yeah, because like Super Serious, I think we were kind of like, we're not sure if this is a thing. This is a thing we're trying to do to like try to rekin like try to keep like try to replace the content we were losing for not doing commission podcasts, to try to do some interesting club content, to try to do something that's because we're trying to fit seasonal stuff because we don't like we don't every time we add a club thing we don't want to be like oh we have to do this in addition we want to be able to move things in and out to keep things fresh for us and you so some of the nostalgia stuff yeah like some of the nostalgia yeah, like to, you know to cover stuff we hadn't talked about that's awesome uh let's talk about twitch.tv okay uh this is one that the people that liked it liked it and we had a very faithful regular crew of audience where but here's the problem okay this is a weird one because I know we're not going to do Christmas 2018 again. Yeah. There's there's no way we do that format again. Yeah. Super Series Film Fest, I'm almost positive we will do that again sure. in a more limited fashion. Twitch TV is very much up in the air. Yeah. Because I think there could be an audience for us. And I think we'll do things We just throughout... didn't hit it quite right. Like, like, we're obviously going to use this for our Groundhog's Day stuff. I could see us, like, yeah. again, if we ever came up with, like, a co-op or adversarial game that Jim and I were both in, like, I think it was really... Of all of our streams, like the Sea of Thieves mm. and like the Spy Party, um, and some of the early, like some of the Rocket game stuff, where like Rock, the thing with Rocket League is the stakes are no, they're so low. But I thought like us mm. playing Rocket League, like especially the bad, like some of the stupid shit, like basketball, uh, was super fun. That um, was fun. Yeah. Or if we like if we took Rocket League and we actually got good at it, where we could play semi competitive duos, like it's 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 got to be we we have to have a reason to go to Twitch because. Tune in for three to four hours twice a week of us playing whatever we're going to play Yeah, is not going to bring the boys and girls to the yard. Well, no. it'll bring the same 30 to 40 boys and girls that we all, you know, that... <laughs> right. That... Uh, that we're propping that up. We're propping it up. And they're being very supportive and they were they being were. very generous with their bits and their subscriptions. To the point where I felt guilty. To the point where we felt... <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing. Like, like week in and week out, I'm going to come back and take your money. I, mm. Yeah. I mean that's that's the way. Why do I feel this paid, way? Why yeah. do I have a conscience? God damn right, it! Right, <laughs> right. Can I uninstall this? Can Aaron two point <laughs> just omit the, uh, the the guilt for taking money for yeah. services? Uh, or you, you feel like you have to have? I don't. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I just think that like uh, also we had a kind of rough luck that it, it's hard to play a game and be entertaining and interface with chat. And some of the games we played, I felt like because I hadn't mastered that, it was very hard for me to pay attention to what you were doing in like God of War 
which has a yeah. very deep crafting and like I like weapon customization system that we never really paid attention to and intricate combat mechanics based on different weapons and shields and shit that you got that we never paid attention to and a story that we barely engaged with because it was too hard to do that. I think that the um Detroit Becoming Human was a very successful stream because we kind of does the same it's shit. Kind we of just a live watch, right? Right. Like- but like, but then people kind of felt pissed that we weren't being as interactive about the choices we made, and we were a little trolly Man. about some of the choices we made, and yeah. But I, so, like the, that that like I, I but I, I yeah I, I think Twitch the Twitch audience wants you to play the games they want you to play at the times that they can watch it, and the, the mo- uh-huh. ones that are most successful essentially play sixteen hours a day, and they play like two eight hour shifts, and I, they guess what you can't do a podcast. Yeah. You can't run a podcast empire and, and play video games for 16 hours a day. No, you can't. I can't anyway. There might be guys I out there that either. can. Um, so that's... Do you want to say that's, more about Twitch? I'll say I don't think that's totally off the table for 2019. I think yeah. we would like to find a way to get back to it eventually, but... And it's something like... Assess and I play quite a few co-op video games, and we always think it'd be super fun to play like them in front of an audience, but... You know, that's the other lesson I learned is that some things that are fun when you play by yourself, uh, the second you make it a performance, it's mm-hmm. you, you, it, it, it's, it's, it sounds crazy, but playing video games for an audience is, turns it into a job. Yeah. So, you know, having to be like, well, if we just have time, we'll play it tonight versus, well, we have to play from seven to nine tonight because it's Wednesday. That's the kind of shit that, mm-hmm. you know, especially for people that already have full time jobs, it's bald move and Cecily's job and, you know, Jim's girlfriend, all that stuff. It's 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 um, yeah. So, yeah, Twitch.tv. Uh, we're definitely going to be using it here and there, but I, I don't. Yeah. Coming back as a weekly feature, I, something would have to really change. Oh, one thing that could really change is. It does seem like from everything I'm seeing from Twitch that they are trying to come up with some kind of let's watch the mm-hmm. way they have the let's play thing going. Um, and if they come in with a really slick way to secure the rights for a live broadcast and like yeah. automatically that debit from your monthly account or you can pay a lump sum and try like and 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 let the people like synchronize the watching of the thing. Like if they ever get that figured out, then right. If if Amazon, <sighs> you know, when they're licensing their movies from these studios, could just you know add an extra dollar, yeah, to the the fucking total and just right. say now our Twitch streamers can stream this right. movie, right? And and we don't even and the thing that seems to work with Hollywood is we don't even know if this is thing is a thing. So let's like sign a low contract for three years and see what happens. Um, you know, then the writers will strike and everybody get there. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's, right. that seems We're not like our Twitch money. And I keep forgetting that Twitch is tied to Amazon. So absolutely they could do that. Yeah. Just package deal with, you know, the movies that they have on their streaming service. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe make it to where only like only prime, only prime members can view this stream and anything that's, yeah. that's streamable through prime like that. I mean, they could, they could just do that. They could do it. Cause if everyone they has a legal right to watch it, so if it's if yeah they could just do that, mm-hmm. so that might be a path that they're shit. Pursuing. Why don't we write to Bezos and say, I think look, you I helped think... us out on this expanse thing. We know right. you got one more favor in right. your pocket. Right, right. We'll generate some extra pennies. Are you losing half of them? We'll generate some extra pennies yeah. for us with the live watches. Uh, but I, I think it would be great when that f- switch finally flips. To have an audience on Twitch that we can just say. Well, plus if that now this is what we do. Imagine that's a new category. Mm-hmm. 
we've been practicing it for years. Yeah. Like, I think that we would be primed to kind of take over that spot if we did like well, a couple especially shows a week. if we were building some kind of twitch audience in the meantime mm. like that's kind of why i'm i don't want to rule out twitch entirely. don't want to abandon it okay yeah. can we talk about then the i mean the deuce is just no no not enough people watch the deuce like the wire before it no like, i feel like the deuce and the expanse are one and the same here the t- 10 years from now people well, i think i think the expanse will actually has a shot of growing into an audience where the deuce is just Right, I mean, in terms of ten how years we... from now, it'll be the, the the new show. Everyone's going to say, "Have you seen the Deuce? The Deuce is so amazing. Oh, it's, it has so much to say about the prostitute." Because right. you know, we're gonna we're gonna the next thirty years, we're gonna fight about all this vice shit. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, I like mean, marijuana once, is the tip of the iceberg here. Yeah, and then once you start talking about drugs, it's going to be why are we making like every problem that is made by making drugs mm-hmm. illegal? Like, same thing about prostitutes as gambling. Like, it's going to be a sea change. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be like prying puritanical lollipops from puritanical babies, but uh, yeah. But in terms of like why they were underappreciated, I mean, these are one and the same in that they just didn't have the audience. Yeah, I mean, uh, sci-fi. They, they were great shows that didn't get the eyeballs. Sci-fi has built an audience expectation that they have shitty Sharknado level entertainment, and when they finally get a good show, that maybe <laughs> they're losing a little bit. I mean, I just, I can't fucking understand why sci-fi let this happen. Like, I even had, if they're losing money, yeah. they're gay, like... Uh, but the thing is, is, like, I don't think Expanse even is appreciated critically as much as it should be before, like, now that it got kicked off the air and a lot of critics were like, oh, look at this, like, I, we, gotta, we gotta, like, look at this from a zeitgeist perspective. I wonder if people will actually start giving it another shot. Because it's still, so. it's not that much to catch up on. No, you know, I mean, what, three 13 episode seasons? I mean, and, and they're like they're like broadcast 43, 45 minute episodes. So true, yeah. they're not like the 56 or maybe it's an hour and 13 minutes. You get like, it, you know, it's it's uh last season was only 10 episodes. Like it's 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 you're you're right at like 30, 30 ish hours of content. Uh, and now's the time to get in on it, because I think the expanse yeah. could it's got another four probably. Have they talked about how many seasons they think that this will have? I assume it could go at least another four because there are going to be nine books in total. Because, I, But I heard that they're not necessarily going to adapt all the books, that it's going to be more right. of... Yeah, but even, I mean, so we're through book three at the moment, so we right. got six more books. I think you could get four seasons out of six books. Oh, because I was thinking maybe they just there'd be a stopping point. Because I, I think that if... If Expanse stopped here this year, it wouldn't have been the worst thing from a narrative standpoint. Like, this felt like a definitive close of a lot of plot lines. And, like, definitely it's a little bit of... Because uh, it, it, it ended the same way, like, uh, Close Encounters of Third Kind ends, right? Mm-hmm. You know that a big endeavor and personal and, and civilization voyage is about to begin. But the story of its beginning has been told. And I yeah, felt like this is the definitive close to act one of the, the yeah. series. Just like Breaking Bad could have ended after season four mm-hmm. and it wouldn't like you would have missed season five. But narratively, it have felt like a complete product, I think. So and the great thing about The Expanse, having read the fourth book, is that, yes, I mean, that that is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. It could end there. But they also have some really good directions to take the show oh, I after, imagine. after I imagine what happened. If the first third of the story is in the books, that there's still a lot more interesting yeah. left to make. Uh, oh, my, I mean, and, and it's not mine. It doesn't feel forced at all. It's like these are the natural consequences of everything that happened before it, and they're just as interesting, if not more so, than 
what we've already seen. Um, so the deuce, like I said, the deuce is going to have another season is going to be over. And then, you know, um, I think there's no saving the deuce. I hope, I hope people will, will, um, grow to appreciate the expanse. Are we going to continue to cover the deuce for its final season? Oh, I would think so. Yeah. Unless it's, uh, going against. Yeah. I mean, it's all about timing. Yeah. Uh, for these small shows, there's going to be like, you know, if you, you, you get a week that has like. Imagine like a, a week that runs down and you got you, you're staring down the barrel of Better Call Saul, Fargo, uh, Mr. Robot, and the Deuce. Boy, mm-hmm. it's hard not you... to say either Fargo or the Deuce has got to go. Right, because right, I, I think those are the two lowest rated shows out of those. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it would suck because the mm-hmm. Deuce is uh, amongst the, the better ones. So there we go. Underappreciated bald move content for 2018. Not a totally serious category. But uh, I imagine if when we do it on the award show, people have questions, and this mm-hmm. is uh, our attempt to answer those. 